Good morning. Good morning. Glad to see all your smiling faces come here to worship God. So the question before us this morning is, what does God really want? What does God really want of me? What does God really want of man? Well, he wrote a whole book telling us about salvation and his love. And that's the point of the book. The point of the book is salvation. So what does he really want from you and I? Well, we know something he doesn't want. He doesn't want us to be like the world. He wants us to be a little separate from the world, doesn't he? He wants us to be different because he calls us out. So what does he really want? He wants our heart. God loved us enough to sacrifice his son. His son loved us enough to be the sacrifice. So when we live a Christian life, we're called to God, and we're also called to that same kind of love. It's sacrificial love. But instead of called to the cross, we're called to spiritual sacrifice. Because he wants us from the inside out. Because where our heart is, so will our mind be. Well, and what we worship is where our heart is. And that's what God wants from us. And it's a journey to get there. Because you've heard the expression learning to love well that's what we do we learn to love God see God loved us first and he expressed his love towards us in that he wants us eternally to live with him and he sent his son that he might show us that we are in need of redemption but that he has salvation already given to us and we live in thankfulness and appreciation, don't we? And living in thankfulness and appreciation and having that in our mind, what happens? We start to love God. We start to learn to love God. But we learn to love God because we start to realize how much He really has loved us. And that's what He wants us to understand, is that He does love us. And because of that, He wants us to return that love to Him. But how do we do that? Is it a big hug? Remember, I've said this before. It's not that kind of love. It's a sacrificial love. It's a love of respect. It's a love of honor. It's a love where you know that God is such a God that you fear Him. And I don't mean with the knees shaking and quaking like the world does when they're thinking of the judgments of God. But I'm thinking of what the Bible describes to us as one of deep, deep fear of love and trust. Because we come to realize that God is not to be trifled with. But we don't want to trifle with Him. We want to please Him. And that's the journey. But we know that we can't please Him because we're in the flesh. So how do we please Him? How do we please Him? We please Him in the Spirit. We please Him from the heart. Because whatever your heart's thinking on, that's what you'll do. Think about yourself. Think about your hobbies, what you like. You're interested enough in what you like, what you love, that you'll find out about. And that's the same way God wants us. He wants us to find out about Him as well. So let's take a look at our scripture this morning. 
and see what it is that God wants. Because, you know, there's nothing we can give Him. This is the other thing. You can't give Him your money. I mean, we took up a collection so we could pay the bills here, but you can't give Him your money because He gave you the money. You can't give Him any of the gold because the gold was His. He made it. You can't give Him anything that He hasn't already given you. So what can you give to God? What does God really want? He wants your heart. That's all you can give Him. It's your mind, your body, your soul, your heart. Love Him with all your mind, body, and soul. That's all you can do for God. Because in the reality is you can't be good enough. I can't. You couldn't do enough. I can't. You couldn't offer anything that he hasn't already given us. I, I don't know anything that he has to give me. So the only thing that I can offer him is my love, devotion, honor, respect. <clears throat> and as we're called together. Because, you know, like he's teaching in Hebrews in our Sunday morning class, we're called to the assembly. Because we need one another. Think about how many people have come and gone. And you know when people go out there on their own, they think they can have religion on their own in their own little house. What happens? That ember just gets colder and colder and colder. Pretty soon you don't see them anymore. Don't see them anymore. Pretty soon they're not even part of it. Because we need one another. God knew that. And that's why he designed the church. That's why he did all the things that he did. Isaiah 66 and the first two... You can read the whole chapter. We don't have time to read these whole chapters. But believe me, read all the way around this. But anyhow, Isaiah 66, we're going to look at the first two chapters. He says, Thus saith Jehovah, Heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. What manner of house would you build unto me? And what place shall you make that will be my rest? For all these things have been hath my hand made, and so all these things came to be, saith Jehovah. But to this man will I look. In other words, this is the person that he'll look, have respect towards. Even to him that is poor, and of a contrite spirit, and that trembleth at my word. Now I want you to look at a couple things there. He's saying that he will look towards him. In other words, with favor. All right? That is a poor and contrite spirit. About what? About the realities of life. About sin. You see, the world rejoices in sin. They're educated to it, but they rejoice in sin. They rejoice in the temporality and the pleasures of sin. Now, we rejoice in salvation. And we rejoice in the eternalness of the rest with God. It's a different kind of rejoicing. It's a different kind of looking at things. They are looking for Friday, you know, weekend to weekend to weekend. Because that's all they got. But we look at an eternal place built without hands. And he's looking for someone who's of a contrite heart. Someone with understanding. You see, the world's not contrite about sin. They're proud of sin. They have their pride parades and all kinds of stuff. That's just one, one facet of sin. But anyhow, they're all proud of their sin. They march it out there. They want, they want sin to be the law of the land. You see. But we're opposed to those things. And we realize that we, 
No matter where you were born in the world, no matter what time you were born, you'd always be born into a situation similar to this, where your surroundings are given over to all kinds of evil. And you've still got to say to yourself, I am a son or child of God. And we know that because we study and read that. And we know that because we're in compliance because we've already came and hopefully been baptized into Christ so that we can put on Christ so that we can walk in Christ. You see. Because these are the things how God leads us out of this world. He's going to put the spirit of Christ within us. Now, how is he going to put that spirit of Christ within me? Is he going to zap me? Is it just going to come because of the way that I think? No. Because I don't have that divine thinking. I don't have that within me to lead myself to God. His word does so. His word can be within me. And that can lead me to God. And that's what he wants. I will look even to him that is born of a contrite spirit and that trembleth at my word. You see, it's the word too. Because he wants us to have a reality check about this world that we live in. This world would fool you. You know, when I was a kid, and I won't go on about myself, but when I was a kid, and I seen those movie stars, I thought this all good. They look good. They look better than my family, you know. And I thought they were good. Dad told me one day, he said, son, these people are vile. We're just watching them. They're, they're liars. They're actors. We're watching them play apart. You think they're good because you're watching the show. But in reality, they're just a person. And most likely ungodly. Well, as a child, I thought it was full of hot air. <clears throat> and so later on in life, people know me, I had some pretty decadent tastes about entertainment. Why? Because we weren't listening to the righteousness that God wants us to do. And the world out here will entertain you right to hell. And that's what the devil wants. And he starts with you as a young child. But if you never look into God's word, how will you know the difference? One day, as I was reading God's word, I realized, whoa, dad wasn't full of hot air. He's full of truth and spirit of God. He's telling me the truth. My dad never lied to me that I can recall or remember or find out, especially when it came to these matters. He didn't cut, he didn't sugarcoat it a whole lot. And righteous and, and rightly so. Because otherwise, if God sugarcoats it, my dad didn't, but if God sugarcoats it, how will we not be offended to where we can turn and be saved? If I'm a sinner and I got sin, and I am and I do, I want to know about it so that I can change a little, you know, to be righteous. You know, in the world, there's good, better, and best. And everybody, they, nowadays, the new religion is just being good. All right? I don't want to go into all that, but it's, it's a new coming trend. The new religion is just being good. It has nothing to do with God. But they don't realize that being good and being righteous is two different things. Being good is one thing, but being righteous is a whole different way. Because it ain't about being doing a good deed here or doing a good deed there. 
It's about being right with God in your heart. And everything you do is not good, better, or best. It's the most excellent. It's way up there. Because you ain't going to offend your neighbor or steal from your neighbor or do any of those things that would offend the Father. Oh, I know, we do sin, but you see, we get to a point where we hate sin. And it's a process. Because we get so indoctrinated with sin, we don't even realize what sin in our life is. And then one day we're reading Scripture. Hey, 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 now. That looks like something I'm practicing. That can't be right. But it is. And then you've got to think about it. Because who do you trust more? Your desires or God's Word? Your mind that would think on a subject or God's word that would educate you on a subject. Because our mind will go dark. Men love darkness rather than light. And that's the difference between the world and us. We've decided we don't want to love the darkness. We want to love God's light. That's the difference between a Christian person of the world. We reject sin. Anything that offends God. Turn with me to Psalms 34. Verse 18 is the main verse here. But we're going to read the whole thing in a moment. But verse 18 says, Jehovah is close to them that have a broken heart and save us such of our contrite spirit. I want God to be close to me. I want to have the understanding that would break my heart over sin. For you see, sin comes in and deceives people. Because we think that we can have a little fun temporarily and it won't hurt anybody. But we're not looking at the big picture. Because our world that we live in is wrought with sin, folks. And it starts out small in everybody's life. A little seed, a little thought, a little thing. And then it grows and grows and grows. Until pretty soon, it's the object of your affection. Now, I'm not talking about you and I. I'm talking about the world, but it is. Sin is the object of their affection. So what's the object of your affection? That's the thing. Now, that's not saying you can't love the things that God gives us. I fully enjoy them. I, I read in Scripture where we're to fully enjoy the things that He gives us. And there's a lot of things that He gives us that we can rightly do and enjoy, you see. But there's a lot of things that the world takes and perverts them. And they go into those darker areas that you and I are just not going to venture into. Because we see an eternal, we see an eternal prize waiting at the other end of this thing. You know, I'd like to please the Father in some way or shape or form. <coughs> now, i just tell you from my personal perspective. If I was God, I'd already condemn me. <laughs> and a lot of times we're all like that, a little bit, aren't we? And then I get to thinking, why offend the Father? What is so good in this world that, that I wouldn't want to offend? 
What sin is drawing me so hard that I can't obey God? It's something to think about, you see. Because in, in Christ are all the spiritual blessings found. You see. And so sometimes we don't read the Word and we're, we're tempted by the world and our eyes are off the cross and next thing you know, we're like the bicycle that's all over the place getting ready to crash. Instead of looking straight up there towards the cross, having Christ in our sights with everything that we do, he came and gave Himself that my sin would be wiped away. Not one sin, not my past sins, all sins. Now we're struggling, but don't you think that I'm any better than you or any of your brothers and sisters are because there ain't a one of us that's going to live this next six, seven days out without sin. But there's a difference between the world that's given over to all their lusts and to us that are struggling against those things that we might please the Father. It's a totally different mindset. Totally different mindset. My mindset is to walk in the light with everything I can do. One of the greatest blessings that ever came to me was when I finally found out that I am who I really am when I'm by myself. Then I got mad at myself. Because then I realized you ain't fooling anybody. You ain't never going to fool God. Now you might fool your fellow Christians for a day or two, but you ain't going to fool God. And why would you want to fool them? What is so good out there that you would see what God really wants and what God is willing to give? What is God already really given? All he wants is us. He just wants you. He wants me. Now, <laughs> I can't even see why he wants me so good, huh? But his son makes me qualify. I'm not qualified on my own. But this blood qualifies me to have access to God. To have access to the Father for the forgiveness of sins. Oh, and for education in His Word. And that He might, you know, give me that proverbial spanking from time to time. Discipline that we need. I would rather be disciplined now than burn in hell forever. I'll take the discipline. I'll try to learn. I used to be more hard-headed than I am today. I'm willing to learn what God wants us to. <clears throat> Let's read from top of the thirty-fourth, top of the thirty-fourth chapter of Psalms. The Psalm of David, when he changed his behavior before Abimelech, who drove him away and he departed. I will bless Jehovah at all times; his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in Jehovah. The meek shall hear thereof and be glad. All magnify Jehovah with me, and let us exalt his name together. Now we're seeing someone here that sees God as God. You know, Romans, he says, 
they seen him as God, but they didn't glorify him as God. They know him, but they don't glorify him. He wants us to know him and glorify him in the way that we live, the way that we think, in our hearts, in our minds, through his word. I sought Jehovah, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. You know, the world lives in a lot of fears out there. I have fear. You have fear. You know that fear is one of the biggest uh, motivators of people? It is the biggest motivator of people. If you didn't know me and you believed me, <laughs> and you didn't think I was a jokester, and I said, hey, there's a bomb in here and you could hear it kicking in the evidence thereof. I wouldn't need to say get up and run. You would all start to get up and run immediately because of the fear. You see. On the other hand, if I said, hey, there's a $100 bill sitting up here, even if there was, hardly anybody would jump up because you all figure I'm just joshing them. Fear is bigger motivator. But it motivates us towards something. See, it's like guilt gives us a motivation towards something. Why do we feel guilty? Well, because we know it ain't right. We know that we kind of didn't do exactly the best thing. And we're educated differently. And we're thankful to God that we have forgiveness of sin, and we don't want to do that. We don't want to be the trespasser. We want to be the law abider. We want to be the father-pleasing son, if we can be. We don't need to live in fear like the world does. The world is living in fear out here, and they need to live in fear. You and I need to live in the security of salvation. If you're not living in the security of salvation, what's holding you? Because the security of salvation is our hope. You've made up your mind at that crossroad, whether it be tomorrow, today, whenever, last week, 10 years ago. You made up your mind at a crossroad, I'm going to be God's man. I'm going to go to heaven. Think about that one. It's like saying, well, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to London. Well, you better buy a ticket, son. If you're going to London, you better buy a ticket. Oh, okay. And you might take some clothes with you. Well, oh, okay. And you might find out a little bit about it when you get over there, before you get over there. Heaven's the same way. Heaven's the same way. Who in the world thinks you're going to go to heaven without even looking at God's word? There are a lot of people who do. A lot of people. You'll know, you know them. I guarantee you, every person in this room knows people who don't never open the book of God's word and fully convinced that they're okay. Tell me you don't know those people. They're living in ignorance. And you can wish and want all you want, but then you're going to change the facts. You either want to go there or you don't. And you either desire to do that or you don't. What does God really want? He wants my heart. He wants my desire to be for him. He wants me to look past this temporal life to see the eternal hope of living with him. And by the way, if you think life is good, and I've just seen some beautiful land, if you think this world is good, God has better to offer, because he's going to burn this thing out. 
That's the problem with our temporal thinking. We think that this is the best that God's got to offer. We see the moon. We see the stars. We see Grand Canyon. We see all the stuff. We think this is the best God's got to offer. And yet he tells us it's just a tool. We're discounting God. We're bringing him down to our level when we do that stuff. We've got to realize he is the creator. He trapped me in this body. And not only did he trap me in this body, he gave me all the words in his word that I need to live spiritually before him on this earth. And then he gave me all this stuff to enjoy so I wouldn't be so bored down here. <clears throat> and it's a trial, isn't it? Because I need to love God more than I love the things that are created. Because the things that are created are for our benefit. That's true. But God sent His Son that He might redeem our soul. And if we can't see that, if we can't see past the carnal, then we're just a carnal guy. We're just a carnal man. Down here enjoying the carnal things. But we need to see the spiritual man. All we still enjoy the food. We're going to have potluck here in a few minutes. We'll still enjoy all things God made us. But we'll enjoy them in a righteous way. We'll live in a righteous way. Because the life that we live is our praise to God, you know. Not just on Sunday morning. Sunday morning is when we get together and praise God. Monday through Saturday is when you praise God on your own. You know, it's true. I think it's true. I read it Scripture. I sought Jehovah, he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were radiant, and their faces shall never be confounded. This poor man cried, Jehovah heard him, and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of Jehovah encampeth around about them that fear him, and delivereth them. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? I do. I see the trouble the world gets in. I didn't have to get any of you guys out of jail this morning. You didn't have to get me out of jail. You know? I see the world's troubles out here. You and I don't have those troubles because we're listening to God. I'm not going to get shot in the bar. Because I'm not at the bar. That's simple. But we want to live, the world wants to live against God but they want the benefits of God. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. You don't go into dad's wallet and steal the money from him, take the car, go out and have a good time, wreck it a few times, and come in at 6 o'clock in the morning and expect dad to be happy about it. You know? It's not going to happen. There's a certain way to do things, and God has his way. Oh, taste and see that Jehovah's good. Blessed is the man that taketh refuge in him. Verse 8 there. Blessed is that man that taketh refuge in Jehovah. I want to have a shelter from the storm of this world. This world's out here spewing all of its nonsense, lies, hate, and everything else at us. If you don't believe it, watch the news tomorrow morning. It'll make you anxious before you have your first cup of coffee. Or you can turn it off, open God's word, and he'll give you some hope for the day. It's a choice. Choice. You ain't going to control this world anyhow. 
Watch that news all you want. Let it get you as anxious as you want. You ain't going to control one thing. Open God's word. And he'll, he'll come into your life. And now you've got some control. Now you've got some reasoning. Now you've got some eternal knowledge. Not just some daily knowledge about what's going on in this world. The young lions do not lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek Jehovah shall not want for any good thing. You see that? It's not that he's going to give you riches and pleasures and all that stuff because you're obedient. That's not how it is. He's going to give you the joy of salvation, the confidence of salvation. And then when you go out here in the world, guess what? When you enjoy things, you really do enjoy them. You can enjoy the simplest things then. You don't need the world's complicated stuff to enjoy life. You can enjoy the simplest thing that God gives you. Because you ain't looking at man for your life. You're looking at God. Come, ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of Jehovah. What is man that he desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. You see, we've got a lot of beautiful things that God calls us to. Righteous things that God calls us to. This is one of the things that, that causes us to love God. Is that he's truthful. And that he calls us to righteousness. He's, not, he's never asked you to do one bad thing. Ever. He's never called you to one sinful or unrighteous act. And why? Because he's not a deceiver. He's a truth teller. He's a teacher of truth. If we allow it. If we allow it. The righteous cried and Jehovah heard. Now, the evil cry out here, and guess what? They haven't even repented. God's not listening and looking at that. He's looking at those righteous ones that have repented. You see, the eyes of Jehovah are toward the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of Jehovah is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cried, and Jehovah heard, and delivered them out of all of their troubles. Not one, not two, all. He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they, hate, they that hate the righteous shall be condemned. Jehovah redeemeth the souls of his servants, and none of them that take refuge in him shall be condemned. He redeemeth the souls of his servants. How did you buy us back? Christ. Are you servants God? I want to be a servant God. That's who I want to work with. And I'm not talking about work like in wages. That's who I want to be on the side of. Team God, if you will. Or new, isn't that the new version? It's probably 10 years old by now. Maybe not time. But still, it's the man of God that he's going to bless. The people out here in the world, they just keep getting the whooping because they ain't even looking up. And he still blesses them. He blesses them with prosperity. You can... Travel the roads. They usually drive better cars than we do, have better campers than we do, 
have better money than we do. They, a lot of good stuff. That's how gracious our God is to them. And unto us, he's even more gracious. Because he tells me, Paul, I'm not going to give you riches. Because you may not know how to deal with them. But I'll give you the blood of my son. I won't give you all the carnal desires out here in the world because they're going to destroy our relationship between you and me. But I'll give you the blood of my son. And I'll give you all the things in the world that you can enjoy righteously. See, there's nothing wrong with enjoying God's things righteously. The problem is we take it outside of that. And we start to worship them things. You see. And we put our pleasures or our desires or all of those things on a pedestal and it's not what God really wants. He wants our heart. He wants us to put Him on that pedestal. When I lay down my last breath, I'll not take anything with me that I have on this earth that I require. Can't put the house in the coffin. The bikes won't fit. Guitars are more valuable to her than to me at that point. There's nothing I can put in that coffin and take with me. <clears throat> and if you guys want to throw stuff in there, throw it, but it's just going to sit there and rot. You know, whatever it is. And if you didn't think I had enough money, write some checks and put it in there. I'll cash it when I get to heaven. Be all right. Write it for lots of millions. You know. But there's nothing I'm going to take with me. I came out of the womb. From dust to dust will come, and dust to dust will return. So what's going to be filling me up in the meantime? What's going to make me alive after I return to dust? It's only the Word of God. It's only the Word of God residing in my heart. It's only the fact that I've obeyed God, and I have looked at what He wants. And I desire to give Him what He wants. And the thing is, is what he really wants is me. What he really wants is you. Yes, he wants my obedience, my obedience of faith. He does want that because he wants me to trust him and believe him and obey him. How would you like it if you worked with somebody or you lived with somebody you couldn't trust? I don't know that. I grew up in a family where I could trust everybody. If someone, if any of my brothers or sisters, my dad says, son, go 75 miles out in the middle of the desert and there's a tree out there, I'll meet you there. I've done it. Because I never had any lie to me and fool me and play a trip on me. So I don't know that. But there's a lot of people that don't grow up with that. They don't understand what truth is. Truth is something. God's truth comes into us and educates us about what he wants from us and allows us to grow. And we're saved the whole time. Are you a new Christian? You're saved. Are you an old Christian? You're saved. Are you walking the life? You're saved. Are you stumbling a little bit? You're still saved. Why? Love Christ covers our sin. God wants us from the heart. That's where he wants us. He wants us to obey him from the heart. That's all the farther I'm going to go this morning. Because I think I've made the point. The point is that God wants you. 
Why would he have written all these words? Why would he have had all the heroes of faith? Why would he have had his only begotten son come down here and be tortured and live a really poor life? And then be hung on the cross, a sinless sacrifice, that we might have salvation. He wants us. He wants us. For what reason? I have no idea. It's not mine to ask. It's mine to be thankful for. Because I know one thing. This body is only part of what he made in us. Because when he created man, he created an eternal being inside of us. And that eternal being will live on past the grave in one way or the other. The Bible tells us, and I just read it this week, and I don't even want to go into that, but the Bible tells us in the Old Testament how they will burn. And in the New Testament, it tells us it will be an eternal fire. And then he tells us of the bliss that we'll have living with him in heaven. And people... The world, what the world is good at is turning people off to the Bible so they don't see the love of God. Because they only see the angerness of God because they're already living in sin. Of course, he's going to be angry if, if you're swimming in it. But he's got hope for you and me. And that blood of his son covers that. And he wants us from the inside out. So when you're walking this week in the light, and you're reading in his word this week, as you're walking in the Remember that everything you do is under the umbrella of Christ. And then you please God. Because Christ pleased God in my stead. Christ pleased God in your stead. And if we're walking in the light and we're connected to Christ, we're good with the Father. So if you're a Christian this morning, I hope this has helped you. We'll talk some more about this in the future. And if you're outside the body of Christ, we know the only way into Christ is through baptism. Believing that he is the Son of God, that he came here, that he died for your sins, that he was buried, and that he rose again, triumphant, and living with God right now in authority over the church, over all things in the church. Because he's calling you and I to heaven. Let's stand as we sing our closing song. Thank you for listening.